Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. You are listening to episode 78 of With Heart and Wonder. This is your first time tuning in. I'm Megan, and I'm just so thrilled that you're here, especially for this episode. There's a story behind it. So back in June, I got a little message from a podcast listener, Maria Habenikova, and it was such an exciting message to receive because Maria was sharing with me that she had written her first children's book, and it was going to be coming out soon. She was self-publishing. As somebody who had listened to the podcast, and she's also taken online yoga classes with me, she had a feeling that the story behind the book would be right up my alley. But I didn't know much more than that. I knew it was about a flying whale, and she had sent me a few little images that totally sparked my curiosity. Maria and I had the chance to meet for the first time, and I have to say that the conversation we had, the one you're about to listen to, is such a deep, powerful conversation about Maria's journey bringing this story to life. It's a journey that took place over five years, and it's one in which she really stepped in to her courage, to her creativity, to her strength. In moving from a tough season of life into a place where she was truly in the possibility. I'm so, so excited for you to hear more about what she has to say. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Maria. Maria is a proud Slovak Canadian and a multilingual, multi passionate, creative soul. She works in international development teaches Zumba, and facilitates writing workshops at the Writers' Collective of Canada. She has lived in Ottawa for over 15 years and enjoys volunteering and connecting with her local community. All right, one more note before we dive in. This episode does come with a content warning for brief discussion of abuse. It's not something that we linger on, But I did want to let you know that there is brief discussion of this topic so that you can skip this episode if that's what's best for you today. I promise, though, there is so much inspiration and wisdom in what lies ahead. Without further ado, let's dive in. Maria, I can't tell you how delighted I am to have you here today and to have this conversation about your beautiful new children's book that is out in the world, The Flying Whale. And I would really love to just start with where did this story come from? Thank you so much for for having me on your podcast. I'm delighted to be speaking with you about this passion project, this book of mine, and share a little more about the journey and what inspired it. So yeah. So to answer your question, I was returning from uh, an exciting ocean canoeing adventure with Outward Bound Canada off 
the coast of Vancouver Island in Desolation Sound Marine Provincial Park in June 2018. So just over five years ago. And of course, after a week on the ocean, I was thinking about whales, which we hadn't seen, unfortunately. And I was looking at the clouds and I jotted down what is now the first lines of this little children's book while I was on the plane. And I wrote it down. I am a flying whale. I swim through the sky effortlessly. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, whales don't fly. And so I just kept writing, but whales can't fly. They weigh too much. And I, you know, I won't share more from the book, but this is, this is how it all started on an airplane five years ago. And this story just kind of lived in my journal for, for okay. several years. I did play around with it. I did submit it to a couple of poetry contests because it read more as a poem or a couplet of sorts. Um, so I wasn't completely ignorant of it. It wasn't just there and that's where it stayed. I did explore the idea further. But it wasn't until this year that I decided to actually bring it out into the world in in a very tangible, real way. I can absolutely picture you flying on a plane, looking at the clouds, having just spent this time in and around the ocean, dreaming about whales and scribbling down something in your notebook. And what I have been thinking about is, and I'll tell you, so we'll be out walking our dog, my partner and I, and all the time we'll have these ideas for children's book and we'll be we'll just joke like, oh, yeah, that could be our children's book. And we go back and forth and come up with some lines for it, you know. And there's such a difference between having a sparkly idea for a children's book and actually bringing it into the world. What was it about this particular story or those first few lines that you wrote down in your journal? What was it about this story that really spoke to you as something that you wanted to share? I think it was the whimsy of it and how surreal, almost unreal it, it sounds like a flying whale. Even though when you start researching the concept, you will find a lot of imagery and uh, visuals all over the, the Internet and not just over the internet, I actually, a couple of my friends gifted me these stickers with a whale with balloons. And I found a notebook in a bookstore somewhere with a whale um, as a blimp. Um, the concept of flying whales wasn't something completely novel. And I kept coming across it, but not in the way that I was envisioning it. And I really wanted to bring it to life. However, I didn't know that it was going to be a children's book. At first, I just wanted someone to draw my whale or paint my okay. whale. And um, one of my friends, because she heard me talk about it so much, she's, uh, well, she's a medical doctor, lives in Slovakia, uh, but she also paints and draws. And she gifted me an image of a flying whale, uh, which uh, you can see behind me. I can. <laughs> On the wall. I so adore that was, it. That's the first iteration of our flying whale. And she she isn't the illustrator of this uh, children's book, but um, I 
but this is how I was engaging with the idea over the years. I, I also approached um, a local NGO that works with uh, uh, artists with uh, disabilities, and I wanted to see if there was some kind of a collaboration potential. Maybe I would share the story and then they could paint it and we could do an exhibit. I had all sorts of, I kept engaging with the idea, which yes. as you sh uh, surely know, Elizabeth Gilbert stands by and swears by, which is this belief that ideas visit us. And if we don't work with them, if we don't meet them halfway, they simply move on. So I didn't ignore it. I kept working with it, but I didn't know that it was going to be a children's book until this year. Okay. When I approached my friend, Marie-Pierre, who's the illustrator, who had already illustrated a children's book with another friend during the pandemic. That was their pandemic project. And so I said, you know what? I think these one-off project ideas where the whale just kind of comes to life on a poster or an, an, an image is just not enough. I want to have something more tangible, a bit more lasting. Not that art in that form isn't lasting, but I, I also wanted the words to be coming through better. And then I saw that other book, Marie-Pierre Illustrated, and I thought, let's turn this into a children's book. <laughs> and I always Amazing. loved to write. Never thought I would um, be... Um, writing children's books or that the first book that comes out uh, from under my pen will be a children's book. I have all of these questions that are sparking up inside of me that I want to ask you about this writing process. And let's start with this one. I get the sense that you had this idea visit you and that was it kind of taking up residence in your body, your spirit, your heart. And it sounds like from what you're sharing with us, there was a lot of creative exploration of the possibilities. Like I almost get the sense that you yourself were dancing or if we want to borrow the language from the flying whale, you were swimming with these different possibilities. And then things started to crystallize for you in this journey of like years, it sounds like, of playing with what this little story could be into a children's book. And I know you mentioned something shifted for you at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2023. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What was it that shifted? And it almost sounds like it was this moment that then propelled you forward. Mm -hmm. So I... I will answer that question, but I also wanted to go back to this idea of possibilities because I was hoping that you would bring that up, which brings me to the very beginning because on that ocean canoeing adventure, it was a program for women. It was called Women of Courage Program with Outward Bound Canada. So Outward Bound Canada is a nonprofit organization. They organize exploratory outdoor adventure programs, um, some of which are charitable, not all, but some. And at the time I was applying, one of their charitable programs was called Women of Courage, which was for specifically women or people identifying as women who have at some point in their lives experienced some form of abuse. And there were five of us plus two uh, two leaders, and we spent one week 
on on the ocean, ocean canoeing. It was all paid for. I just needed to get myself to Comox in BC. And then at the end, we wrote letters to the philanthropists who made it possible, which is uh, which was a wonderful experience. So I was about one year out of an abusive relationship at the time I was doing this program. And the reason I mention it is because of the possibilities. Of course, when you come out of a dark experience like that, you feel like nothing is possible. You feel very limited. Um, your self-esteem has been impacted and it almost feels like an ending. Um, there is a nice quote about that when you're in a dark place and you feel like you've been buried, you've actually been planted and you're meant mm -hmm. to grow. So I definitely felt buried for a bit. And about a year into my recovery journey, I decided to do this program, which a friend recommended to me. And because of the connection with nature and the vastness of the ocean, zero access to any kind of electronics or technology for a week, it was all about possibilities. Possibilities, like you say in your podcast, that are within us and around us. And the point of the trip was to discover them, discover our own inner strength and how we can make these, these possibilities real for ourselves, including a 24-hour solo at the end of the trip. So we had to pick a spot on the last island we were camping on and spend 24 hours just by ourselves in complete solitude. And that's where I did most of my writing, connecting with nature. A hummingbird kept coming to visit me. He made his way into this book too. So um, that's why I like to talk about possibilities. And that's why I really wanted this book to see the light of day, because I, I think that's that's what it's about, making things happen for yourself, believing in yourself, in the power of your dreams, and becoming a flying whale, which by definition is an impossibility. <laughs> there was so much power in what you just shared, but this word of feeling buried, and I can feel like the heaviness of that, that feeling of being weighed down, and that imagery of a whale that can be holding all of that weight and still fly and still make things happen. What a powerful image. I feel like in many ways, that's probably why it exists, like you say, on, you know, posters or stickers or other places in the world. But I can really hear the way in which this experience that you had was a chance to bring this unique story and your perspective to life. Yeah, exactly. Without really portraying the heavy too much, you know, or the the sadness or the darkness, but really channeling it into something colorful, magical, fantastical and whimsical. So it's it's the focus is on the the positive in in the book. And yeah. um I guess to to go back to your original question, which was uh, bringing it back to this year because that's when it all started. That's when I approached uh, Marie-Pierre, my, my friend and uh, the illustrator of this book. And the reason I did that is because I promised myself that this was going to be the year I was going to create and connect. That was my intention. I decided to stay away from resolutions um, and 
created for myself a New Year's intention, which was to create and connect. Nothing specific in mind. I just wanted um, to let the creative juices flow and see what connections uh, come about. And I realized that the more I was creative, whether it be in writing or in some of the choices and decisions I was making in just my daily life, the more I ended up connecting with people and my community and new ideas. And the more I was connecting, the more creative I felt. So it's just a beautiful cycle. And not only did it connect me with my friend Marie-Pierre, we hadn't really been in touch with much over the years, um, but also with, well, I made some new friends. I had to approach people who are in the self-publishing industry, who are children's book authors, and now that the book is out, there is so much opportunity for, for connection within the community, uh, whether it be to, or through um, like approaching local bookstores to see if they would um, take my book on consignment or some of the local community associations like the Center Town Community Association um, to see if they would want to host me for a book reading. Um, so the connections just keep building. And I I was in this from the very beginning for the process more than the outcome. I didn't have a specific outcome in mind. Of course, I wanted to hold the book in my hands by the end of it, but I didn't have an outcome in terms of this and this many copies must sell or this is what the book must look like exactly or this is who I want to target. I kind of wanted the book to take a life, uh, to take on a life of its own. And I focused more on the creative process. And uh, we we started originally with just an idea of a simple board book because it's not very text heavy. So we thought, oh, board book would be perfect. Um, and then somehow this developed into every double page being a the whole different world of its own like each double page is a different world some of it takes place in the sky some of it is under the sea some of it is on land so uh then we decided okay this needs to be a normal book because we need the space and it's uh it's not just going to be a board book for 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 babies it's going to speak to a wide variety of audiences and in a way i i do believe that it's that the text is in some ways more for adults than for for little kids although i'm sure um that uh readers of all ages will take something something from it i haven't told you yes this this part yet but i did read the book this past weekend and i had the chance to read it with our two nephews uh well actually that's not true with one of our nephews the 6 month old had gotten to bed in looking at the images and going through the book, it re I see what you mean. Every time you turn the page, it is this new whimsical world that is pulling you in. What was it like for you to, because I think this is something interesting, and I know that you, you have a passion for writing, and the world of children's books is always so different in that co-creative process because Oftentimes, unless someone is both a writer and an illustrator, there's the writing of the book and then there's someone else who is bringing that to life. What was that process like of seeing your words come to life through 
visuals and seeing these worlds that were in your head come onto the page. And this was the part I was most looking forward to because, as I mentioned before, I wanted to see this whale for so many years and I was looking for different avenues of bringing her to life. Um, and the closest I got to were those stickers people people would gift me or the painting my friend made for me. So it was wonderful to collaborate with Marie-Pierre because she's very intuitive or as intuitive as I am. And she really felt the words and asked me a lot about them. She knew the backstory. Uh, we've known each other for some time. So she knew what I'd gone through. And she's actually, so she's a therapist by training and a relationship counselor. So we always have very um, deep, meaningful conversations. And I think it translates into her art as well. Um, but we did have about three iterations of the whale. We started with uh, just the first sketch. I didn't like the color, but it was just the it was just the first one that she drew while we were conversing of about course. something unrelated. Then we had a cartoonish kind of looking whale, which was not realistic enough. And then I finally was able to land on a color and I wanted purple because it's one of my favorite colors for one. And it's just magical enough and real enough at the same time for a whale. Um, and and then with each uh, with each double page, she would ask me, is there something you envision in the in the drawing that I can make come true for you. So sometimes I would give her ideas um, and then she would draw them. She would sketch them out. She would ask me if I like it. Sometimes I just underscored some words in the text that was going to be on the page and wanted her to reflect specifically that word in that double page. So it was a very, very intuitive process. And I... I loved anything she created and she repeated so many times in the last six months that she's just glad I love the the drawings because she's, well, as an artist and me as a writer too, like we're critical of our own work. So she would always wonder if, you know, this detail was okay or if that part was appreciated. And I, I loved everything that she created. She also inserted some of her own um, personality and some of uh, like little things here and there that that matter to her, like her favorite bird. And then she asked me what my favorite bird is. So then the first double page is the whale flying with uh, with um, a bunch of birds. And they're each they're real species of birds. They're not just some fantastical species. So we also wanted it to to be to be real, but whimsical at the same time. So some of the double pages were more straightforward than others. And I, I know that she um, she had more fun with some than others. And we each have our favorite double page by the end. But uh, it was it was wonderful to see it come to life. I was just so grateful to to have someone who's friend, but also an artist and who's excited about this, who loved the idea of the book and who really wanted to to work with me on it and to work on my timeline. We gave ourselves a deadline by the end of June and we we made it. We started in January. So it was about a six-month process. Having read the book and now 
hearing, and I, you and I talked a little bit back and forth, and you kind of told me that there was a story behind it, but I didn't know what the story was. And so having read the book and then now hearing about your personal experience of experiencing a very hard season of life going on this expansive possibility-infused adventure of reconnection. And then to know that the illustrator you partnered with is also a therapist of relationship issues, like it, 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 it adds even more depth to what is already such a rich story. And it strikes me just anytime anyone is living in their creativity, it takes a whole lot of courage. And it strikes me that in sitting with and bringing this story to life, it also would have taken a whole lot of courage. And I know that you've shared with us the name of the program you participated in. Had this word courage. Let's talk about courage. Well, I I would say that creativity and courage go hand in hand because I believe that creativity is on the other side of a courageous yes. Anytime we say yes to something, when you experience uh, potentially something scary because it's it's unknown to us, we open ourselves up to new possibilities, which can lead to getting creative ideas, which is how this story came about. If it weren't for women of courage, for saying yes to ocean canoeing. And let me tell you, I have never canoed before. Um, definitely not on an ocean. And I am not a camper. I maybe went camping once when I was 13 years old in Spain on a summer camp. And it wasn't really outback camping like what we did with ocean canoeing. I said yes to to a lot of things that I felt very uncomfortable about, but I was also excited by at the same time. And again, I was just focused on the process. This feels right. It was an intuitive yes for me to go on this adventure. And um, I knew that something great might come of it. Not that I felt entitled to something amazing coming of it, but I, I knew that if I just focus on the process, go through it and um, and give it my all, that it was going to be a great experience. And it was. And at the end, I didn't know that I was going to be sitting on a plane and jotting down in my diary, or maybe I knew that I was going to be journaling, but I didn't know that something from the lines I was going to write was going to become a children's book in the in the end. So I I'd say that there is a connection between courage and creativity and creativity is not something that we have or we're born with. I think it's in a way intrinsic to us. It's it's inherent in our in our nature, but I think we need to we need to meet it halfway and we meet it by halfway by um, by doing things, by visiting new places, by talking to people, um, by saying yes to what might make us uncomfortable or uneasy at the beginning. 
and just not not expecting much in return, just being in, in the moment and engaging with the present. And that I think that's when creativity strikes. You are speaking my language in all of the ways. And I couldn't agree more about this relationship between creativity and courage and also between creativity and connection. Mm-hmm. And I, I I mean, it's at the heart of my work and it's been for years, even when I was teaching yoga before stepping into this role in coaching, but this creative cycle and the idea that it is that connection that can happen in different ways, but that then propels the creativity, which then propels more connection. And it strikes me in the last podcast episode, I was sharing a little bit about how sometimes planning gets in the way of letting things unfold and letting that creative process happen. And I've just throughout this whole conversation been hearing the ways in which you were so open and curious and really living in heart and wonder so deeply connected to yourself rather than in that more mental space of what you wanted something to be or the outcome, really letting it unfold. You've already shared many, but is there something that really surprised you that came from being in this creative process? Because oftentimes the possibilities are more than we could ever imagine for ourselves. Well, one thing I didn't expect to experience on the Women of Courage journey was, and I will go back, I will forever be going back to to Elizabeth Gilbert because she's one of my favorite authors. Me I too. Not, you know that though, I, I think. I do, I do. <laughs> um, I did not expect to have my very own Eat, Pray, Love moment because th- I had read that book a long time ago and you you don't need to follow her footsteps or do your own version of Eat, Pray, Love to experience those connections and breakthroughs that she had, which are so attractive to the readers of that book. Um, you need only to really like, sit on a rock for a day and sleep under the stars for a night and just wait and see what what wonders happen within and around you. This this I did not expect. I did not expect that to come out of this ocean canoeing adventure. And another thing I'd say I realized throughout this process of creating this book and really sticking with it, not letting that self-doubt of, oh, this is too too crazy or too out there of an idea, is the fact that our true potential is discovered or found on this courageous journey towards it. Meaning we don't know what that true potential might be but it's what comes out of the journey, which, you know, brings me back to my favorite process over outcome. That's one of my favorite mantras. And I can really, in what you've shared today, hear the ways in which this process has allowed you, this journey that you have been on, 
to not just tap into your creativity and your connection, but also your strength. And that shines so bright. Your determination, your desire to be in the world and create communities that make this world a better place and to share and inspire that with others. I wanted to ask you, because I think my very favorite part, though it is hard to pick just one, but my very favorite part of the book is the spread where we hear the flying whale say, I am the ocean and a drop in it. And I'd love to hear what that means to you. I wrote this naturally thinking about the ocean, specifically one moment when I was on my 24-hour solo and just looking out at the waves and the seals in the ocean and the vastness of the ocean. And I realized that I am part of the natural world or of the ocean in this case, but I'm also just one little element in it. So I'm in it and within it and everywhere and nowhere at the same time because I felt big and small. You you feel very small looking out at the ocean, um, but you also feel these endless possibilities and you you feel your own potential budding within you like anything is possible. If the ocean can be here, I can do ABC, but at the same time, it humbles you. So that is meant as a reminder that, yes, you can be big, but you're also just one small part of, of the greatness around you. Absolutely. I, I love it so much. Um, and, and oftentimes people speak about the way in which poetry can capture things that it's hard to capture in language. And I think I love that line so much. Because it does capture what you just said, that vastness, that feeling of expansiveness, of possibility, and also that feeling of, of the impermanence of it all, the, the, that small and big at the same time. It's just a line that gives you so much hope and allows you to dream while at the same time puts things into a container puts things into perspective at the same time. Yes. I wonder as we wrap up today, is there anything else on your heart that you'd really love to share? Right at this moment, I am very touched every day by photos that um, people who buy the book or my friends, acquaintances or friends of friends buy the book take photos they take of kids that end up reading the book or photos of the pages in the book that that speak to them. It's really special. That's why I did what I did. And it's really nice to see that the the flying whale is is meaningful, not just not just to me, but to the children and children of all ages and the children within us. So I guess the last thing I'd say is that I'm filled with a lot of gratitude to the people who are reading the book and who are asking me about it like you and also to the universe or whatever bucket of ideas that surrounds us all um, has gifted me this idea and chosen me as a 
as almost as a, as a vessel for it. Uh, I would just, I would humbly say that I'm just the messenger here and I'm so honored that I get to share this, this story and this concept of, of becoming a flying whale with the world and with the readers, hopefully around the world. So I would end it there and with a lot of gratitude and I wish everyone a courageous journey towards their own true potential. What a beautiful way to end this conversation. I've got goosebumps. Thank you so much for being here with us today and for your courage in bringing this story to life. Oh, thank you so much, Megan. I truly hope that Maria's story gave you as much inspiration as it gave me. I really loved hearing this journey Maria took in bringing the flying whale to life and how that journey fostered a deeper connection with her own creativity and that courage within. As always, I would really love to hear how this episode landed for you. What thoughts did it spark inside of your own heart? You can get in touch with me. Easiest way is to send me a DM on Instagram at Megan L. Johnston. Or you can also reach out to hello at meganjohnston.com. You'll find that contact information in the episode description, and you'll also find there information for getting in touch with Maria. You can find her on Instagram at mariahsk88, and you'll also find information in the show notes about where you can purchase The Flying Whale, including both online and local Ottawa area bookstores, and information on upcoming readings. Until next time, keep living with heart and wonder.